the end of the line, the witch in the wardrobe, is this sentence, but if the professor was right, it was only the beginning of the adventures of Narnia. And there's something about the story that is profoundly moving and profoundly challenging and deeply rooted in Christian theology. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, when the angel spoke to Mary and to Joseph and announced the birth of Jesus, uh, something that we heard about beautifully this morning, and he said this, you shall name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I wonder, do you know the story of when The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in the series was written and why it was written. Uh, There's a a bit of a dispute about which books you should read first. But The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was written in 1940. uh, It was published in 1950. And it was set in 1940, when Britain was at some of its darkest days and wondering whether it was going to make it out. C.S. Lewis, from just down the road, uh, published this book, about this strange and mystical land where four young people were used to bring hope and um, a new start. It was followed by Prince Caspian, set in 1941. The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, set in summer 1942. The Silver Chair, set in autumn uh, uh, 1942. The Horse and His Boy, set in 1940. The Magician's Nephew, set in 1900. And The Last Battle, set in 1949 and at the heart of the story is this idea that Aslan has come and will rescue those people that are trapped in darkness and in eternal winter as we heard Daddy Pip talking about earlier on and I think for me that's where this powerful beautiful message of Christmas is really rooted God has come to rescue us Not just to make us happy, not just to make us content, not just to give us everything that we want. God has come to rescue us. And all around this country tonight and all around this island, people will be having carol services and hearing the story of the one who was to be called Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. The hope of the world given to us in the form of a baby who could transform life and rearrange history and reorientate all of us. In a very real sense, Christmas is about remembering that the night has ended, that God has intervened in human history, and that we will never be the same again. There's a wonderful line in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in which one of the characters says to one of the children, Aslan is on the move. The witch's power is weakening. God has never taken his eye off human history. He hasn't removed his power and his presence and his purposes from us. He has been intending and intended to intervene and bring hope and transformation to this planet from before this planet existed. From before time itself existed, God had a plan. And that plan revolved around this child who would be born in Bethlehem and learn to walk and learn to talk and learn to use a hammer and a saw. His life would revolve around wood. The smell of sawdust would settle in his hair as he grew up and learned how to be a carpenter at the feet of his earthly father, Joseph. And one day his head would rest against wood. And he would remember us. God was on the move. 
God had a purpose and a plan. In Narnia, it is a long winter, but never Christmas. Because the arch enemy in the story, the Ice Queen, the White Witch, will not let Father Christmas come to Narnia. Why is that? Well, because at the heart of that story is this idea, if hope can be born in Narnia, then the ice will melt. We don't celebrate just by giving gifts and lighting trees. We're not only going to celebrate by eating so much turkey that we'll end up looking like one, <laughs> stuffing ourselves with ham and sage and onion stuffing with a little bit of a Torah suet, salt and pepper, and if you're really posh, a little bit of other couple of things that I'm not going to mention here. <laughs> Christmas was kept out of Narnia because if Christmas came to Narnia, hope would come to Narnia. Life would come to Narnia. All around this country tonight, people will be preparing to celebrate Christmas and all they will remember of it is office parties where they drank too much, ate too much and did the wrong thing. And an awful lot of Christians will be bah humbug people. We shouldn't celebrate Christmas. Jesus wasn't born December the 25th. Well, we know that. But this is the date that the church decided many years ago to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Why? Because we want to celebrate Christmas. We want to celebrate the gift of life and hope and forgiveness and mercy. We want to light every tree that we have. We want to crack open a party and have a great time every night across the Christmas season because for us, Christmas means that hope has come. Grace has come. Life has come. Forgiveness is possible. This whole story is rooted not in a lion, but in a king. When the wise men came to see him in Bethlehem, they said to Herod, the king in Jerusalem, where is the one born king of the Jews? Our story is rooted in the one that was born to be king. The one who said that anyone who believed in him, he would give the power to become children of God. He would give the right to be called children of God. Tonight, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your background is. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how unworthy you feel. I don't care how useless you feel. God has the capacity to give you the greatest gift imaginable tonight, this Christmas, a clean slate, a new heart, a new life, and a new hope. All you have to do is accept the gift. He has come not only as a king, but he has come to make us who believe in him joint heirs with his son, the Lord Jesus. In the Bible, we are told that to as many as believed in him, to them he gave the right to be called children of God. But later on, in the same Bible, we are told this, if we are um, children of God, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You might not think it, but you're looking at a king. <laughs> to be a child of God is to be a member of his family, to be a, a prince of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. We're told that we will reign with him and rule with him. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. One of my favorite phrases, uh, quotes from the books, The Land, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is uh, this, um, once a king and queen in Narnia, always a king and queen in Narnia. There's something happens when we come to faith in God through Jesus Christ, offered to us as we celebrate the Christmas story that means our lives are transformed, not for a moment, but forever. 
But Aslan in the story came not only um, to tell a story, he came to redeem and to change and to raise to life not just people but a land that had become frozen. And the Bible tells us that Jesus has done exactly the same thing. Listen to one of the things that he said to his followers recorded in John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief comes to kill, to steal and to destroy but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. Later on, the old man John, writing to the church in Ephesus, said this, this is the reason the Son of God was revealed, to destroy the works of the evil one, to thaw our hearts, to change our lives, to give us hope. In the Narnia stories, the four children are given new names, new titles. Timid Peter becomes Peter the Magnificent. Susan becomes Susan the Gentle. Lucy, this little girl, becomes Lucy the Brave. And Edmund, the precocious one, who I think might be related to Brody, for those of you that know him. (laughs) He's given a new name, Edmund the Just. When I came to faith in Jesus Christ, he gave me a new identity. He gave me a new purpose. He gave me a new meaning. He gave me a new life. He made me a king in his kingdom. He made me someone who would reign with him. What a gift. What a remarkable thing to come to a carol service and enjoy the singing, but to leave a member of a royal family, transformed by God's grace and given hope by his mercy. And lastly, he gives us a new story. He gives the very creation a new story. He gives the earth a new story. Narnia is remade. It's transformed. I wonder if you could just show me with your hand. How many of you actually read the books? A good number of you. Do you know what I think? If you're from East Belfast in any way, this should be compulsory reading in school. It's like living in Stratford and never having heard of William Shakespeare. These books have changed um, literary history. I really commend them to you. How many of you noticed the wardrobe on the way in? That's from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. As you heard in the earlier bit of the story, um, Lucy walks through the wardrobe and finds that she's in a new land. Do you know why the wardrobe is important? Well, in one of the earlier stories that explains the wardrobe, a book called The Magician's Nephew, don't get me started on this or we'll be here all night, a little boy called Diggory um, goes back into a land to discover if he can find something that will help his mum, who's very sick. And when he does, he's told about a tree with a fruit on it, an apple that can change lives. And he takes one of those apples back from the world that he's been in to his own home, and he gives it to his mum, and his mum is made well, and there are pips left from the apple. So he plants the pips of the apple, and it grows into an apple tree. And the apple tree is knocked down, cut down, and it is um, prepared as planks and timber, and they make a wardrobe out of it. So the wardrobe that they walk through is the wardrobe that is made out of the wood that comes from the apple tree, that comes from the kingdom where everything is perfect. Isn't that good? I think that's really good. I think it's an amazing way in which C.S. Lewis tells this remarkable story. But more than that, he repaints Narnia. It is rebirthed. It is taken out of winter and out of cold. I wonder tonight how many of you feel as if 2019 has been a cold year. Maybe it's been so long cold in your life that you've forgotten what it feels like to have a a soft or a warm heart. Maybe grief has done that to you. Maybe loss. 
There are people here tonight that within the last couple of weeks have had to bury loved ones. Maybe sorrow, maybe disappointment, maybe illness, maybe fear, maybe uncertainty, maybe a divorce that you didn't want or a marital strife that you didn't choose or financial challenges that you didn't know were around the corner. Whatever has brought winter down upon your life, God can thaw your heart. God can plant a seed in you that can change you forever. We're not just celebrating a story. We're celebrating the story that changes all stories, that gives meaning to our story. There are seven books in the series. Here's the last line from the last book. All their life in this world and all their adventures had only been the title and the cover page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has ever read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Imagine that as a gift. That from tonight on, every chapter of our lives could be better than the one before. Who would refuse such a gift?